Welcome to Please Don't Tell, the podcast taking a look at people's most embarrassing moments, ranging from the scatological to the outright stupid. Read by the protagonist, you'll hear stories that have never passed their lips before. So sit back, turn up the volume, and prepare for a story like no other. Hello, and I'm your host, TJ. You may have come across me before on YouTube as Weekend Lollygagger, where I look at terrible old video games and the occasional tech review, or you may have found me as one part of the Land Before Prime podcast, a podcast where myself and Rob look at old films on old media. If not, please go and check those out, but let's explain what Please Don't Tell the podcast is all about. Well, first of all, I should say, if I expect others to reveal their embarrassing moments, then I should be prepared to share some of mine. And that's where this episode stems from today. Now, this is a reminder to all of you listening that this is unscripted. And the reason we've chosen to do that is to make sure that you can feel the very real embarrassment and the emotions being conveyed by the storytellers. Each episode will only feature one story. It'll be fairly short, but... I can assure you, to the person, it's going to be incredibly embarrassing. So, a little history about me. I never really grew up with the ability to easily laugh at myself. I had two older brothers and a father who enjoyed poking fun, especially when they could see it made me angry. Uh, They would regularly wind me up about girls at primary and then secondary school, often singing songs, especially things like Donna by Richie Valens, if you aren't aware of the song, go and look it up. there was a girl at my school called Donna and yes it truly truly wound me up and it wasn't just I was angry I was just horribly embarrassed I could feel my cheeks get redder and my face get hotter just by the mention of it so yes I find it quite hard to laugh at myself so the reason I kind of came up with this podcast was I thought it might be cathartic to get some of these stories out in the open So, why the title, I am a Firestarter? Well, I've recently been reminded about a few stories, one about dog poo bins and fireworks, and also another one about my juvenile fascination with matches and the Christmas ribbons. Those are stories for another day. This story comes from about 2016, so just four years ago, and it was just before I left a job that I'd been working for nearly 11 years at that point. So, what was that job? I was a operations manager for an independent ambulance service. And no, I don't mean one of those black ambulance vehicles you see that say private ambulance. Those are basically carrying dead people from one place to another. I'm talking about ambulances that look like NHS ambulances, just typically a lot older with less equipment on them. The less we say about that though, the better. During my time with the company, I had started as part-time and eventually progressed to full-time. And as an operations manager, my job was basically everything. 
I did medical work at events and organised transfers and I also did the office work. And then the final part of my job was doing training. Now I didn't only just train our staff at points but I also went out to our various clients, some of them dentists, some of them doctors and some of them just normal companies like you may be working for and I used to run the first aid at work training for them. Uh, something I quite enjoyed doing. Now back in the time of me doing this there were no real rules or regulations about it. You just had to have a very good knowledge about what you were doing. You had to have a company that was willing to certify you and we'd registered it as that company which meant we could register our own certificates and uh, that was pretty much it. Now during 2016 my boss had decided to take a, a little bit of annual leave which is something he he rarely did and um he left me in charge of everything and one of those things I was in charge of was a company's fire safety day. So what I had to do was I had to create a new PowerPoint detailing all the points that we were going to be training. So that included the roles of a fire marshal, what to do in an emergency, how to identify the fire extinguishers and a few other physical things they had to do. And we'll come back to that in a moment because that is where our story starts to go wrong. My PowerPoint was rather exceptional, if I do say so myself. It had a menu system, it had videos that uh, made people feel rather nauseous and uh, really they featured some very real situations that have been caught on camera that, to be honest, are terrifying and um, I'll try and include some links inside this uh, episode's description. They are not to be watched if you are of faint heart um, because they are genuine scenarios that happened and they are very disturbing but anyway that's moving away from what we are talking about so I arrived at this premises in our 4x4 we had at the time and it was loaded up with some recharged fire extinguishers we had uh, foam fire extinguishers water and carbon dioxide the three common ones here in England so I went into the office, sat down, had a cup of tea, and we went round the table and everyone told me their names. And they'd often done this course before. Being a long-running company, they were quite happy and their staff turnover was very small. Uh, so we went through and they were very impressed. A couple of them walked out at a couple of the videos because they really couldn't handle it. And we, we advised the company that, realistically, in the case of a fire, these two may not be suitable for the job. So... They took that on board and uh, they came back and they rewatched and they understood the reason why I was showing those videos. Then came to us going outdoors. Now, if you've ever done a fire marshal training before, you'll know that a company that pays their staff to have the correct equipment will turn up with a gas-powered fire pit. And that allows them to boil off oil, it allows them to have some big flames, and then put those fires out. Uh, Really, that's the main reason you do fire safety training. Yes, you listen to all the boring discussion points because it is important, but you need to know how to use a fire extinguisher. And that is one of the most important bits of kit. Now, the company I work for, I wouldn't say were cheap, mainly because they may come back and shoot me, but they were cheap. Uh, I had a metal bowl bought from Poundland. And in that metal bowl, we could put some fire lighting liquid. You know, the sort of stuff that you would put in an old-fashioned cigarette lighter. And we could set it on fire, and then they could use the extinguishers to put out that fire. The thing is, those bowls 
aren't very heavy. And on a windy day, fire tends to spread quite a lot. Now, of course, bear in mind I hadn't done this course before and I was just following the instructions I'd been told to do. So I set this up out the back. We did two or three demonstrations. It was going well. Then the bowl tipped over. And honestly, it, it didn't seem that bad. Until the giant pile of cardboard about five meters away from where we were doing this started to smoke. This cardboard pile was the best part of a meter tall, completely corrugated cardboard, and I had no idea where this was smoking from. Obviously an ash or something had come off our fire and it had gone into that cardboard bar. Something the manager had said, please, please, please make sure you don't set our cardboard pile on fire. I know he meant that as a joke, but I actually went and did it. That cardboard fire started off just as one little ember, a little bit of smoke, and it started to get smokier and smokier. Now I had a total of 20 extinguishers, three of them had already been used, 17 extinguishers later, and we still hadn't put the fire out. There was smoke coming from it, there wasn't obvious flames, but any of you that know about corrugated cardboard knows that in those little tubes that make up the cardboard sheet, there could have been a flame, and that's where the smoke starts pouring from, just like a straw. And there's me, getting sweatier and sweatier. I'm pulling these sheets of cardboard out, trying to find its stamp on it. We're wetting it down. They went and got their company fire extinguishers from indoors. And uh, to this point, it's still in my head ranging, I can fix this, I can deal with this. It was when Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue turned up. One of their staff had called them, and quite rightly, they, they, they knew I, I wasn't able to cope with it, and uh, two fire engines turned up. Very quickly, they whipped out their hoses and soaked down that cardboard pile until the smoke went away. And uh, something you may not know if you've ever or never had to dial 999 and ask for a fire engine to come out. At the end of said fire, the fire officer in charge comes over to whoever he believes to be in charge, or she believes to be in charge, and says, can you explain what caused this fire? And there's me having to explain to someone with three pips on his shoulder that in fact, I am doing the fire safety fire marshal training for this company. I started the fire and I could not successfully put it out with approximately 25 fire extinguishers. Every single one of those firefighters looked at me like I was an idiot and honestly, <laughs> even though I can kind of laugh at it now, I still absolutely cringe thinking about that precise moment that I finished saying that sentence and the fire officer just looking at me in disbelief, writing it down and then just driving off looking at me from the cab of that, that fire engine and just throw that look of what are you doing with your life and uh, I tidied up as best as I could, I went and saw the manager who Bless his heart, he, he laughed it off with me. 
and then about an hour later emailed me the invoice of £800 to refresh the five or six fire extinguishers I'd used of theirs. Which I paid for out of my own money and, uh... Yes, I had to tell my, my manager, who was, as far as I'm aware, the only person that knows about this story. But, boy, that is why this episode is called I Am A Firestarter. Because, yes... I managed to start a fire during a training session about fire safety. Oh, I hope you'll be glad to know I did run multiple courses after that that successfully taught people to use fire extinguishers without burning down or nearly burning down their premises. But I'm not sure I'm ever going to really live down this story anytime soon. At this point, I would normally be thanking my guest and giving you their social details. So instead, here are mine. You can follow me on Twitter with at WE Lollygagger, on YouTube with youtube.com forward slash weekend Lollygagger. You can find my other podcast, The Land Before Prime, on all good platforms, plus Twitter with at Before Prime Pod. If you'd like to take part in this, no matter how embarrassing it may be, then drop me an email to tj at weekendlollygagger.co.uk. Music in today's episode included Level Up from the YouTube Audio Library, Donna by Richie Valens, Firestarter by The Prodigy, Fire Brigade by The Move, and theme songs from Casualty, London's Burning, and Third Watch. We'll see you soon for our next episode. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>